we go. We're going to go in three seconds. You guys ready? Yep. Welcome back, everybody. It's your time to add up on the Edup Experience Podcast, where we make education your business. Dr. Joe Salustio, back with you in another episode here in sunny. It's not sunny. Yes. New Orleans, Louisiana. It's cloudy and raining and uh, cold. And cold. AC. And we're inside and there's AC and Elvin's uh, introducing this podcast, not being on a microphone. But that's what we do here at the Edup Experience here at eLive, Lucy and Live 2023. We're having a great time. We are talking to people from all across the world about what's going on in higher education today. And I've got two people in front of me. They're going to tell us all about what's happening. Happening. See, I told you I was going to mess up. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Yes. My guest said that she's nervous a little bit and she's going to mess up. And I said, I'll mess up probably before you do. And then I just did. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've got two people from TCS, Tata Consultancy Services here with me. Give them a round of applause. They're going to introduce themselves because I'm guaranteed, and I mean guaranteed to get their names wrong uh, because I'm horrible at pronunciation. So why don't you go first and tell, tell everybody who you are and why you're here? Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you, uh, Joe. Um, it's uh, truly an honor to be sharing our thoughts uh, here in this platform. And we are part of Tata Consultancy Services. Um, it's an IT services consulting and business solutions organization that has been partnering with many of the world's largest businesses uh, for over 50 years wow. with 600,000 uh, best trained consultants. And I work as the North America Head for Education Unit. Uh, and I'm responsible for driving digital transformation in education industry for enabling inclusive, affordable, and immersive learning. Wow. Ama amazing. That's Thank amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, and guest number two, who do we have behind door number two here? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Joe and Alvin for getting, for inviting us here. My name is Ruchikar, Ruchikar Dalila. Uh, I'm based in Seattle and I'm responsible for the development of our emerging and strategic market segments. Education is one of them. And we're really excited to, you know, be here in this podcast with you and share our thoughts. So let's start at the top. What is... So uh, Tata Consultancy Services is a huge organization. It's a humongous organization. You have an education unit, which you guys are here representing. Yes. How big is the unit and how many people work in the education unit? And then tell me, what is the next gen in higher education? What, is that, what does that mean? Sure. Um, I would like to take that. Uh... Take the second one first? <laughs> yes, second one first. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of acronyms, um, Joe, and uh, I would like to start by sharing one that I created for next-gen education, which is NIMBLE. And it stands for nano-stackable, immersive, modernized, blended, lifelong, and equitable. So education should be nano-stackable to allow flexible learning paths, uh, immersive to enable experiential and engaging learning, modernized with scalable and cyber-resilient cloud infrastructure, blended to heighten the effectiveness and impact, lifelong to encourage continuous learning, uh, equitable globally to allow mobilization of skilled manpower. So we believe technology will play a significant role in making next-gen education nimble. Um, nimble, love it. <laughs> Thank you. Did you come up with that? Uh, yes. <laughs> Good for you. That's got to be the title of this episode, Nimble. Right, Elvin? Yeah, he's already on that. Okay. He's already on that. Um, so how big is the education unit? So we have, uh, globally, we are 
fairly large. We are yeah. over 613,000 colleagues all mm -hmm. over the world. In US, uh, 613,000? Yes, that's right. Holy moly. That's right. And Do you know everybody? <laughs> <laughs> fairly. You know, uh, it's funny. I joined about 23 years ago. And uh, at that time, we were 50,000, 50, 60,000. And we, me and my friends, we would talk to each other and say, oh, my God, we are 50,000. Can you believe that? Very soon, it'll be 100,000. 100,000. That's huge. Do. And today, now we are at 600,000 and still going on. And, you know, the it's, it's a very relevant topic, you know, education. Everybody spoke about being nimble. And there are so many things to balance yeah. uh, in the sense that in the last three years, we have seen the rise of, uh, you know, the online learning because of the COVID. Suddenly, everyone realized that a lot of things that we had taken for granted were not really a constraint anymore. Yeah. And so we have the rise of online learning. And nowadays, everyone uh, is trying to see how to make the most use of it, right? Yeah. At the same time, there is this whole need of personalizing education, right? And Earlier in the in the keynote that I was attending, attending there was this discussion of uh, you know the the super gifted versus yes. the non gifted, right? And I thought that was an amazing thought. Uh, you know that the level of attention that the gifted require is different, and the level of attention that the non gifted, although I doubt that term non gifted, but right. requires that is different, which is very very true. So therefore, personalization is key, right? And you know, I, I think gifted also, it wasn't said, but almost gifted is financially gifted could be part <laughs> of also, that too. It's a part of the gift. Absolutely. Right? And they yeah. go together and, and many researchers have, uh, we all know, yeah, right. So the financial backgrounds do make a difference. Yep. Uh, so, so the point is that the personalization remains important yep. and, uh, and which reminds me very interestingly that, you know, I, I, like many of us, uh, I'm a big fan of music, and there's a one of the traditions that I enjoy is Indian classical music. Mm -hmm. And there, the way, I mean, it can be taught anyway. You can go and sign up an online class and learn a little bit or yep. whatever. But if you want to learn from maestros, then you can't just learn it from them in a classroom. Right. Uh, you have to go and live with them as a family member mm -hmm. and spend eight to ten immersive. Years spend yeah. eight to ten years because the maestro will not give you a class he will not give you an assignment he needs to know you as a person or she needs to know you as a person and so there was this very famous musician Kishori Yamunkar she was asked you know why don't you take students and she says I'm traveling so much I cannot spend time with any student to understand him or her mm -hmm. so if I don't understand a student then I can't really teach him or her and I feel that's so true for education in general, for the teachers to know, and therefore the personalization remains equally important while the rise of online education is also there. So I think it's an interesting time. <laughs> we are in an interesting generational shift. We really are, right? And it's a multicultural majority of higher education, right? And I think that's what the keynote was saying earlier. How do we reflect um, all practices to a multicultural majority of students. So, what are the what are the other challenges for realizing uh, the next gen of education and nimbleness, nimble, not nimbleness, because that's a way longer acronym that you'd have to figure out. But nimble. 
Yeah. And before I talk about the challenges, it's important to know the technological pillars that are responsible mm. to enable this personalization and online uh, learning, this paradigm shift that is emerging. And uh, these uh, technological pillars are like cloud, cybersecurity, data, AI, conversational AI, now chat GPT, right? Yeah. So immersive technologies. So how you know uh, important cloud is because cloud and SaaS offerings they truly enable an institute to support anytime anywhere and um, from any device learning uh, similarly cybersecurity there's a huge shift towards zero trust model uh, to support digital online uh, education data there is a need to create a data driven university um, so, uh, conversational AI, right? It can help a lot in improving student experiences across student life cycle by conversing with the respective stakeholders on our behalf, right? They can act as the assistant to teachers. So, a lot that is coming up, you know, in the form of technology, immersive technologies we spoke uh, briefly about, metaverse, AR, VR, simulation, and gamification. Gamification is truly the next big thing Nailed that it. we are seeing. Um, so uh, the challenges, I would like to say that these are um, around student engagement, yeah. keeping students engaged, uh, cyber defense because of the ransomware attack and the uh, these threats that we are seeing in the education sector, globalization uh, and organization change management towards modernization and IT enablement. It's truly important to openly embrace this transformation be open to explore this and that's our organization change management and it it it's it's gonna take time mm -hmm. but we have to start now uh Rujika, you want to add more on the challenges no i think you a uh, couple of things i mean mm -hmm. we talked about being nimble yeah right? and uh, so how do you go out and be nimble can you wake up tomorrow and say oh today i'm nimble definitely you know, not you need to build this out so how do you what holds institutions back in building all these cool things that we all know uh, are needed. And I think in my view, there are three kind of major items, right? One is capital money. Right? Yikes! And how do you do how do you do this building building out in a self funded model? Yeah, because you can't go and keep asking money from anyone. Everyone has a limited purse at the yep. end of the day. So how do you create a self funding model for doing this build out? Second part is uh, talent. How do Yikes. you get people who can build this out for you, help you in building it out? Uh, and third is, you know, leadership. Uh, <gasps> it's the, it's having the audacity to change and also bringing people together to change. Both are equally important, right? Having a vision and being able to bring people together to change because it's easy to just go with the flow, but it takes leadership for any institution to get up and say, we're going to do it differently. We will do this and any change is painful, right? So, Do you think that the technology is forcing change? Do you think it will continue to force change and the the things you mentioned, the talent, the leadership will follow? Yeah. Then we're just, we're all working to get ahead of it now. We're trying to be, we're trying to be the leader that can facilitate change, but technology is pushing us so hard. Mm -hmm. It's just pushing people straight out of, out of their jobs, out of the market. Yeah. I think uh, my, my view is that, uh, the human wants are not reducing. They are only increasing. Yeah. So, and therefore fulfillment of those wants 
uh, is also going to increase. So each time there is a new technology and we feel that it has eaten up uh, some part of what we were doing earlier, but it also creates another part of, you know, what, uh, what needs to be done. So therefore, the, the mushrooming of human needs and wants mm-hmm. will continue to create new types of needs for people to do. Right. So earlier there used to be bank tellers and now there are ATM machines, but someone mm. needs to manage that. But ATM you still need your money also. one way or the other. Money is still needed anyways. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what, um, how can an institution be better prepared to accelerate their journey towards the next generation of learning and teaching, learning and, and technology? Um, yeah, I can take a first step. Uh, so becoming a high performing institute, uh, requires adjustment in strategy. Um, also, uh, partner collaboration, finding the right partner who can help you uh, throughout the entire journey. Uh, inclusive culture, so embracing change, uh, open-minded towards transformation. And uh, universities need to start investing in this uh, by setting up secured virtual worlds, uh, infrastructure, training of the existing staff, and they should also, you know, look at adopting these nano learning models, uh, assessment structures. So it's it's kind of a paradigm shift. And all about preparedness is, uh, uh, I would suggest to embrace and just jump into it, you know, and start exploring. Um, yeah. In my, in my view, there are two main things. One is experience of stakeholders, students, faculty, research groups, community, etc. The second is efficiency. Oh, yeah. And both of these uh, are, in my view, two sides of the same coin. You cannot have one without the other. You cannot have great experience without having efficiency. Uh, And you can't have an efficiency and not have a great experience, right? So uh, your front office is limited by how efficiently run or how well run your back offices, right? So That's are, so true. So then, so then there are three things that we see are, are going to make a, a big, big difference. There is this whole efficiency debt that has piled up in institutions uh, over the last many years. And efficiency debt, right? And, I like that. And yeah. then there is this, you know, there is the three levers that we feel can help in addressing this efficiency debt. One is automation at scale. Second is, you know, using shared structures at scale. And third is moving from a mentality and thinking of here is a project that I need to complete towards more of here is the product that I need to deliver. Here is the product that people will consume. Mm. So so that shift from uh, project-based thinking to product-based thinking, right? That... Uh, these three things are extremely key uh, from our perspective in addressing that efficiency debt uh, and thereby addressing your experience also at the same time. I like that. There is an efficiency debt that we're all working to work ourselves out of. Um, and technology, and we talked about this in the last episode, there's so many different types of technology to choose from. You can almost over-select um, so having, um, somebody around you that knows the technology and knows how to choose it and implement it is important. Can you talk just a little bit about Tata Consultancy Services, how an organization, 
uh, institution becomes involved with your education unit? Do they come to you specifically going, what do we do? Or do you go in saying, here's how to do it better, or a little bit of both? Yeah, I think uh, we are, uh, we do multiple things. Yeah. Uh, we do advisory work, we do technology solutions and services, we do business solutions and services. Uh, so basically, uh, what we look at is the problem statement and we work from there right so we talked about for example this whole you know automation at scale right so it's uh, a simple answer is that okay you buy a software and use it to automate some things a more nuanced uh, question is therefore if you look at a process like financial aid right all the financial aid process is very rule driven there are no gray areas. Uh, True. Right? So there are sometimes people say too many rules, but no matter what, the rules are there. And yet it takes at least three, two to three months for financial aid decision for a student to come. Yikes! Why? I mean, it should. if you apply for a mortgage of your home, you will get an answer instantaneously. Yes. So why can't you get a loan in a way instantaneously and the reason is because there is an efficiency debt and how the the process of financial aid is is done yeah is managed right although everything is rule-based it's still not connected well enough and it's that's okay that's it's, sometimes you just got to nail that microphone yeah. when you get excited about <laughs> things so 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 that's the so that's what i that's what i mean when i say using automation at scale solving fundamental problems that touch not only efficiency but also improve experience yes. of the stakeholders right so so these are the problem statements that we like to work with our customers on and uh, we we are very fortunate to be working with some of the thought leaders that that we work with do you want to go ahead you um, just to add uh, yeah. so while uh, irochikar has covered uh, both the aspects so uh, we are having foundational IT services that we are helping our various institutes with. Plus, we also have contextualized offerings like, uh, you know, assessment as a service, grading as a service, uh, micro-credentials. So we are helping digitizing the content too. And uh, backbone um, services that Ruchikar has mentioned. So that is certainly our expertise. So various institutes, whenever, you know, they come, they talk to us, uh, whichever persona, uh, we are talking to, we align, understand the problem statement and align and contextualize the uh, service that we can offer to them. Um, so that's the, you know, it's not like a prescription, but it's like we contextualize and provide that solution uh, to the Institute. It's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. And they got a plan here at Tata Consultancy Services. Let me tell you what, you guys, we like to um, ask the same question of our guests to two questions to end every episode. Number one, what did we miss about Tata Consultancy Services that you guys want to say anything at all that you could say? It's an open mic for you. You know what? Unprepared. Maybe you just want to blast something out there. If you guys are going to go somewhere or a new service you're going to offer or maybe how people can get in touch with uh, with Tata. Maybe that's what you want to talk about. And number two, what do you see as the future for higher education? Yeah. So I think future part, if I can go ahead, the future part is we talked about nimble. And we talked about, you know, balancing personalization with also providing opportunities for, you know, all kinds of communities that are out there. And online is such a big part of it and so on. 
there are so there are multiple things i think uh, aditi's acronym of nimble is probably very good i would aditi like is very very good yeah. nimble <laughs> and uh, what we missed about us <laughs> oh there are so many things right there are 600000 of us you, so, you we cover? missed 611000 exactly right so but one thing i would like to point out is that in us we are the second largest tech employer wow yeah so many people sometimes don't realize that uh, but we are fairly large globally we are fairly large in us also <laughs> wow second largest tech employer second largest yes it's yes. incredible who's the first largest well they're not very good they're yeah well we don't we need to talk about them <laughs> yeah, exactly whoever they are they're not as good as tata consulting services adidi anything you want to add yeah i would like to conclude by saying that uh, you know uh, let's not wait anymore uh, let's start embracing the technology uh, that will play a significant role in making uh, next gen education nimble so let's just start let's start all right what do we see as the future we we talked about the future of higher education you talked about anything else tata anything else that you want to add um i think any problem that you have uh, in uh, higher ed or education sector we are willing to explore and uh, um provider services so yes I love it. Thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. We enjoyed having you here. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands up for my two guests today and you can t- contact Tata Consulting Services. It doesn't take much but a little tiny Google search and they're going to get 613,000 of their friends all over you guys to help you through all the challenges that you have in higher education. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, you've just ed up. Thank you.